Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Last week... I began teaching on uh, being led of the Spirit, and in Ephesians chapter five, let's start in verse number. Start in verse number fifteen. Ephesians five fifteen says, "See then that you walk circumspectly." That word just means carefully or with purposefulness. See that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Well, the days, like uh, Brother Steve mentioned a little earlier, the days we live in are evil. There are a lot of evil things going on. But notice he says, uh, do not walk as fools. Don't be as fools, but as wise. And then he says, therefore... Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I think we connect, we could connect not understanding what the will of the Lord is as being unwise. And I think we could connect connect that with being fools. In, In the context of this passage, because he's, he's telling us, he's talking about one thing here. He says, see that you walk with purpose and walk carefully, circumspectly, uh, with exactness is another translation. Not as fools, but as wise. You know, some people just go through life and just let life happen to them. You know, and they just, they go through life continually putting out fires and reacting from one situation to another, never really uh, ahead of anything that comes, but like I said, more or less just going through life reacting to things. But that's, that's a foolish way to live. He said, don't be fools, be wise. And here's how you are wise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. When you know God's will for your Life, and, I, and not just your your whole life, you know, your your you know the sum total of your life. But what about what about the will of God for you today? Well, what about what's He telling you? What's He talking to you about concerning your life today? That's living purposefully. That's living with exactness. That's living as a wise person because you're, uh, you're in touch with the Lord. He's communicating with you and you know what's going on before it happens. Amen. And uh, the Lord wants us to know his will. He wants us to hear his voice. Uh, and, and he's provided that for us. But for so many Christians, it seems to be a struggle Uh, finding God's will and just being led in the everyday things of life. It seems to be a struggle. It seems to be, for a lot of Christians, it it seems to be 
uh, no matter how many, how long they've been in church, no matter how many sermons they've heard, and even how many teachings they've heard on being led of the Spirit, it still seems to be a bit mysterious to a lot of Christians. And, and so being led of the Lord or an understanding the will of God is, is more of a hit and miss thing than it should be. God has provided a better way. Amen. Like we said last week, the most important aspects of his will for our life have already been revealed in the word of God. We know a lot of things that we don't have to pray about. We know it's God's will that we uh, accept Jesus as our Savior. We know salvation is his will. We know the baptism with the Holy Spirit is his will. We know sanctified, clean living is his will. We know thanksgiving is the will of God. Healing, blessing, prosperity, victory, uh, having a life of dominion in, in life. All of these things are his will because we're told specifically that they're his will. But then when it comes to uh, finding God's plan or will for, for everyday situations and, and, uh, and being led of the Lord as we go through our life, like I said, uh, the Bible doesn't cover everything you're going to come up against. It doesn't cover every question that arises in life. The Bible, uh, the written word of God does not specifically cover uh, every aspect, obviously, of our life. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. And he will lead us, amen? Uh, like I've said before, when it comes to discerning God's direction, most people are looking in all the wrong places for that direction. They're looking in, in, in all the wrong places to get a sense of, of what the will of, of the Lord is. Uh, I've told you so many times uh, about the lady that used to cut my hair because it's just such a, a prime example. But I, but I could give you scores of examples uh, of people that, and you know this, you run into people all the time, you talk to them, and they're always looking at circumstances in life. Religious people are the worst about this. Amen. They're always looking at what's going on around them to try to discern what God is saying. Uh, you know, this, this lady, I've told you before, but uh, it's, it's just a perfect illustration. When I first started uh, having her cut my hair, her daughters were teenagers and they were in high school. And I, I stayed with this lady for several years and, and, uh, and so she was a real talker. I'm not a talker. When, when I go get my hair cut, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm there for, get my hair cut. And, but she didn't seem to understand that. And uh, she, she just talked, 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 talked. And, and if I wanted to talk, I wouldn't have had much of an opportunity. But uh, she was a preacher's kid. And uh, she, she would, every week she would tell me all what was going on in her, in her daughter's life. She had two or three daughters. I don't remember how many. Uh, but, you know, there were things going on in their lives and, uh, things they were dealing with, questions that they had as they were growing and maturing, you know, and finding God's will for their lives. And, and, uh, and I remember so, so uh, clearly when they were getting ready to, uh, when the first one was getting ready to go to college, and then it repeated with the second one and, you know, the next one. Uh, you know, what's the will of the Lord? Which, you know, what college should I attend? What, what should I major in? What, you know, what, they, and she'd have, then she'd tell them, we'll pray about it, you know, and the Lord will show you. And, uh, but she had, uh, all of these different ways the Lord was supposedly showing them. You know, they, they, uh, 
the daughters would, she, you know, this particular daughter was interested in one college. That was the college she really wanted to go to. And she put her application in and she was just so sure she was qualified. There was no reason why she wouldn't be accepted. And she was, you know, kind of making plans. Then, and then she didn't get accepted. And uh, this lady would say, well, see, I told you that the Lord didn't want you to go there. That's why you didn't get accepted. And, uh, and then, you know, they had some other thing that they prayed about and they were just so sure it were, would work out one way and it didn't work out that way, that way at all. And she'd say, well, see, the Lord didn't want you to do that. He, he's showing you this is how, you know, God's got a better way than that. Then circumstance, just kind of going through life, like I said, like a ping pong ball, just sort of bouncing off, you know, everything that happens in life. Uh, and, and so many Christians go through life trying to discern, to discern God's will through these, uh, through these measures. She talked a lot about open doors and closed doors. Well, see there, the Lord just closed that door to you. And that means, you know, that you weren't supposed to go in that direction because the doors have closed. And, and then, you know, it's open doors and closed doors. Uh, that's not scriptural either as, di as discerning the will of God, amen? And then some people, uh, you know, in the generation that I came up in, it was, real, it was real common for people to put out fleeces. And if you're not familiar with the fleece, I'll tell you what it is. In the Old Testament, you know, uh, uh, I don't guess, I guess it was Gideon or, uh, you know, he, he wanted to, to ascertain whether the Lord would really give Israel the victory, you know, in this battle that they were facing. And he said, well, Lord, you know, he said, if, if I need a sign from you that, that your presence is with us. And so he said, what I'll do is I'm going to put this, this uh, fleece, you know, this skin out on the ground. And, uh, and I want, this will be a sign that you're really with us. When I get up in the morning, the fleece will be covered with dew and the ground all around it will be dry. Well, he got up the next morning, and sure enough, the fleece was soaking wet and so much he could wring water out of it, but all the ground was dry. He said, now, now Lord, I need another sign. <laughs> he said, this time I want to put the fleece out and I want the fleece to be dry and I want the ground to be wet all around it. He got up the next morning and the fleece was dry and the ground all around it was wet. And so he said, now I know for sure that the Lord is with us. Well, you know, growing up in, in uh, church, I heard about people put fleeces out all the time trying to, dis, to, to decide what the will of God is. And, and you know, th really what they were doing is they were saying, I want a sign. But they had read the New Testament and they, and they, and they read that Jesus wasn't very pleased when, they, when people said, show me a sign. He said, a wicked and adulterous generation is looking for a sign. So they knew not to call it a sign. But that's really what they were asking. So they called it a fleece because they remember the Old Testament story, you know. said, well, I'll just put out a fleece. And so, Lord, if you want me to go here or go there, then I want this strange or way beyond the ordinary kind of thing to happen. And, and if that happens, then I know you've, you're directing me that way. Well, you know, that, that worked for Gideon, but Gideon wasn't born again. I said, he wasn't born again. He didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. That's not the way to be led under the New Testament. People are led by their feelings. You know, I had somebody tell me, well, I just feel like, I just feel like the Lord touched me. I just feel like the Lord spoke to me. But the problem is, tomorrow you won't feel that way. Your feelings will change, Amen. And so uh, we talked about that. No, we have the Holy Spirit as our guide. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. And this is the passage we were looking at last Wednesday night when we left. Let's look at it again. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 says, For as many, 
for as many. I don't know why, but it was just last week that, that the, these first words of this verse ever really kind of impacted me. I never, never really thought about it. I, I just always read, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you know, they are the sons of God, uh, that God will lead us by his Spirit. I, and I just, for some reason, I never, I never noticed how it was worded. For as many as, for as many as, and I got to think about it, I said, and I said to myself, he's saying that everybody who is led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So I went back and looked it up in different translations, and a number of translations translated exactly that way. They, and, and, and more and more translations said, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. All those, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What he's saying is, God doesn't have any other way of leading us. God only leads us one way, and that's by his spirit. He doesn't send banners in the sky pulled by an airplane telling us, you know, don't take that job. That's not the way he leads us. But you know, people have this, have this idea that when they're talking about God, I want God to speak to me. They've been to me too many movies and in the movies, you know, the, 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 the buildings start shaking and the lights start flickering and, and, and oh, God, it's speaking to me. And, it, and it's this otherworldly kind of, you know, kind of uh, sensation. And, and that's what they're looking for because that's the way it shows up in the movies. We're not led by the movies. That's not our model. Amen. God has one way of leading his children and it's by his spirit. You could say, go over with me to um, hold your place here because we're going to come back. But go to John chapter 14. John 14. Hallelujah. John 14. And look at verse 16. I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter, another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now notice this, whom the world cannot receive because it, the world, neither sees him nor knows him. God has a unique way of leading his own children, a way that is not available to the world. I'm gonna say that again. God has a unique way of leading his own children and it's a way that is not available to the world. And he leads all his children this one way. And, it, and it's a way that, that the world doesn't have access to. It says here, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You know him, for he dwells with you. He was talking about at that particular point in time when he was telling them this. He's dwelling with you, and he will be in you. That's talking about the day in which we live now. He's, he was dwelling with them, but he said he will be in you. Isn't that right? He will be in. He's talking about us, too. He will be in you. So uh, the world... 
you know, they don't, they, they don't have the same opportunity of being led by the Spirit. What is it about believers that is so different from the world in regards to how he could lead us? What's the difference between us and the world? Obviously, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and they don't. Isn't that right? We have the Holy Spirit, so we have this unique capacity for receiving guidance from God. If God was going to lead us by influencing uh, circumstances around us, why would we need to even be led by the Spirit? If he was going to lead us by, by having somebody bump into us, you know, or, or if he was going to lead us by having, you know, you, you, want, you want to know whether you should take this, this next job and, uh, and, and, you know, the day you show up to do the interview, uh, you know, suddenly you get, a, you get a phone call and you can't make it to the interview. Well, see, God intervened. He didn't want you to have that job. Well, that, if anybody, even unbelievers, unbelievers could be led and guide, guided that way. That's not how he's going to do it. He's going to do it by his spirit. And uh, so God leads us not by natural means, but by supernatural means. Go with me to John. You're here in 14. Go to 16, John 16. And look at verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Notice the word guide uh, gives the connotation of, of a progression, doesn't it? If you guide somebody into something, it, it, you don't just pick them up and plop them down in the middle of it. You take them progressively into it. Isn't that right? That's the way the Spirit of God leads us, is progressively. And then he goes on to say, he says, uh, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take the things of mine and declare it to you. Notice the words speak, tell, declare. God, God is, is constantly communicating with us. I said the Spirit of God is constantly communicating with us. But we miss it so very often because we're not listening. Amen. And, you know, he's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And, and as a person, he will communicate with you, you know, in a, in a very distinct way. If, if I had something to tell Doug, you know, I wouldn't drop weird hints. I would just tell him. I wouldn't tell somebody else to tell somebody else to tell somebody else to tell him that I might be thinking such and such. I'd just say, isn't that right? Because I'm a person, he's a person, and we have a relationship. Well, we have a relationship with God. We're his child, and, he's a, and, and God is our father, and he gave us the spirit uh, to direct us, amen? So he's always talking to us, but, but uh, like I said, most people are expecting something out here. In the natural world, they're expecting some kind of, you know, pulsating feelings to come over them or uh, some strange uh, uh, scenario to kind of uh, 
take place that'll get their attention. Oh, I wonder if God's trying to talk to me. I wonder if he's trying. How many of you heard, how many times have you heard somebody say that? I wonder if the Lord's trying to talk to me. No, he's not. Not that way. Yes, he is, but not that way. Amen. I said, yes, he is trying to talk to you, but not that way. Because the Holy Spirit is just that. He's a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. So where, like I said before, you know, he says he will speak. Well, where will he speak? Well, where is he? He dwells with you and he will be in you. Isn't that right? The Holy Spirit lives within the believer. Well, why in the world would we think that he would, would he, that, that if he's living in here, if, if, if I want to tell something to my wife, why would I, why would I go outside and, and, and put up a sign in the yard? I mean, you know what I'm saying? She, she, she's my wife. We have a relationship. I'm not going to call somebody else or, you know, start, you know, playing tricks on her to try to get her to, to see what I'm trying to get her to, you know, to believe or understand, start playing tricks, leave hints, you know, and kind of things around the house. That's the way most Christians live their lives. I said last week, God's not a ventriloquist. You know, a ventriloquist has a dummy. And the ventriloquist, he's trained to cast his, his to, to uh, uh, appear to cast his voice away from himself onto this dummy. So you think the dummy's talking. Why would, God's not a ventriloquist. He's right in here. He's right in here all the time. Why would he want to cast his voice or his leading off onto some other natural thing? No, where is he? He's right in here. Well, that's how he leads, praise God. He's not, he's not in your mind. He's not in your head. He's not in your body. The inward witness, praise God, is how he speaks. That's how he leads. Go, to, go back to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, or you can say it this way, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God is only leading his own. I said he is only leading his own. He has one way of doing it, and that's by his Spirit. Amen. Now drop down to verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. That's the first witness. That's the first time the Spirit of God, after the Holy Spirit convicted you of your need of a Savior, the first thing he did when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior Something on the inside told you, I'm a child of God. Amen. Glory to God. I, I'm, he's my father and I'm his child. That's the very first witness of the spirit you ever got. Oh, the, the old, times, old timers used to call it a no-so religion. You remember that? Ooh, glory to God, I have a no-so religion. That simply means that when I accepted the Lord, something happened on the inside of me and I knew that I knew that I knew my life was forever changed. Glory to God. What is that? It's an inward witness. 
Other translations say a joint testimony. The Holy Spirit jointly testified with my own. See, I'm a spirit man. You're not looking at me. You're looking at my physical form, but the real man is a spirit. I'm I'm created in God's image, and I'm, I'm in the same class of creature that God is. I'm a spirit. Angels are spirits. Uh, of course, the devil and evil spirits are spirits. So there is a, a good spirit world and a, and a bad spirit world. Well, all of us are spirits. When we were born again, our spirit was changed. Our spirit man was reborn, recreated. And the Holy Spirit came to live inside our spirit. Well, when he has something to say, that's where we pick it up. In our spirit. He, 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 he testifies with our inward man along certain lines. Well, the very first thing he ever testified, like I said, was that you're saved, you're a child of God. Well, if God, if God starts out leading us that way, do you think that'd be the way he'd continue to lead us? Well, yeah, that would make sense. He bears witness with our spirit concerning all the details of life. He doesn't bear, spit, he doesn't bear witness with our minds. He doesn't bear witness with our physical senses. He bears witness with our spirit. You could call it an inward intuition. This is, listen, this is the number one way the Spirit of God leads all his children. The number one way. Now, he leads all of us by his spirit. There are several different ways. This is the number one way, the most important thing for you to ever learn in life is to learn about the inward witness. Because this is the predominant way he's going to lead you. And uh, it, it'll, sometimes it comes as just an inward knowing. You, just, you, just, uh, you have an intuition that you should go a certain direction or, or take a particular tack, you know, a, a, a direction in life. Or you're facing a, a decision of some kind. You don't know which way to go. Just on the inside, you know, it, uh, your mind may, I know how my mind is. My mind's always analyzing all the sides of it. My mind's always analyzing it and putting scores under each one. You know, this is good, this is good, that's not very good. And, and, you know, that's just the way my mind works. That's not the way the Holy Spirit leads me, though. After I have all that going on, but I look to my spirit, man, look down on the inside, and, and in spite of, of all of my analysis, in spite of all of my uh, super intelligent uh, 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 analysis and, and figuring things out, I just sense, yeah, this is what I ought to do. How do I know that? By an inward intuition, an inward uh, knowing on the inside. Well, glory to God. Uh, sometimes it can be uh, very gentle, like just like a little slight nudge in one direction, or, or it, could be, uh, it can be like a red light or a green light. Sometimes you just have a sense you should do something. Other times you have a sense... You know, and I'm not talking about a mental thing. I'm talking about something coming up from in. Yeah, don't do that. That's not, that's not the direction to go. Sometimes it's a red light. Sometimes it's a green light. Sometimes it, it can be a little more pronounced than that. Sometimes it's more gentle. Sometimes it's more pronounced. Uh, but it is supernatural. The inward witness is the most common way he leads all his children. And though it is not spectacular, it is supernatural. Too many times people are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural that's all around them because they're wanting God to, you know, to, to 
you know, set a tree on fire or, you know, cause a shooting star, you know, to come across their path or something, you know. That's not where he is. He's in here. As far as you're concerned, his leading is concerned, he's right in here. And so uh, uh, that inward voice or the inward, inward witness is the most common way. The second most common way, which is closely associated with it, is the inward voice. We call it the still small voice. Now this is not, this is not specifically the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the voice of your spirit speaking up uh, because of what the Spirit is saying, the Holy Spirit is saying. Uh, that's why a lot of times people say, well, you know, is that just me? You know, is that God or is that just me? Well, uh, you have to analyze that question a little bit. Are you, are you talking about is this your mind directing you or is it the real you? So the real you is your spirit, and yes, your spirit is directing you. He's directing you because he heard from the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside. So sometimes it's just an, a, an, a, a, a witness, just a sense. Other times your spirit will actually speak up. Now, my, when my spirit speaks, speaks to me, it's usually not in long conversations. It's usually not in, you know, a lot of words. Just a, just a very, and, and I'm not, I don't know if this is true for everybody, but it's just a, a few words, just a few, but it's, it's actual words. You know, and I, I, I use this illustration. I've had, I could use hundreds, but they don't come to mind. But, but I always think about the time when Angela had that tumor in her neck, you know, and uh, she, she was claiming her healing is going to go away, it's dissolved and all that. But she really wasn't in faith. She was just saying that stuff. And, uh, and so I went to the Lord in prayer because it wasn't getting any smaller. You know, it was getting larger. And uh, I went to the Lord and, and, and the Lord said, you know, she's not in faith about this. And I went back and told her, you know, that when I say the Lord said it, it right in here. Now, that was, that was just an inward witness. I just had a witness that she wasn't in faith. So I went back to her and I said, uh, Lord says you're not really in faith. That's right, I'm not. <laughs> she was trying to be, but she just wasn't there. But I had that witness on the inside. But then I heard these words. I just, it, 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 but I, it sound, what did it sound like? It sounded like me. It sounded like me talking to myself. But I didn't imagine these, this, this, this word just come up from the inside. Tell her to go ahead and have the surgery. It'll be fine. She'll come through it fine. It'll be benign. And she'll, she'll live, what did I say? She'll live to a ripe old age. She's getting there. She's getting riper all the time. How old were you at the time? 33 years old. It's been a while ago. And, and uh, she, she will live to be a ripe old age. She's not fully ripe yet. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, you know, your, your reason is the voice of your mind. Reason. You know, your mind will, you know, will, will talk to you and you reason things out. Feelings is the voice of your body. But your conscience is the voice of your spirit. People have asked the question, you know, is, is my conscience a safe guide? If you're born again, your conscience is a safe guide. If you've never been, if a person's never been born again, their conscience would allow them to do things perhaps that, uh, that, they, that uh, wouldn't be right, depending on how they've been trained. If people have been trained a certain way to, uh, to understand God's moral laws, then sometimes their conscience won't allow them to do things, but their conscience will allow them to do other things that aren't right. 
See, they'll, they'll, their conscience will restrict them in some areas, but in other areas, it, it'll give them a pass. Well, if you've been born again, your conscience is, uh, is your, your spirit has been born of God, and if you'll learn to uh, listen to that inward man, your inward man knows things that your outward man or your mind doesn't know. Your spirit has insight into things that because, because the Holy Spirit's in there. What does it say over in 1 John about the, uh, the anointing? The anointing that we have received abides in us and we do not need that anyone teach us, but as that same anointing teaches, the capacity uh, for all of the wisdom and knowledge you'll ever need in life is resonant in you now. The wisdom you'll need 10 years from now dealing with something that is completely off the radar right now that you're not even thinking about, that wisdom is in you now. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in there. Amen. And so your conscience, if, if you've developed your, yourself, you're born again, you develop yourself right, your conscience is a safe guide. Amen. Uh, we, here's the thing I want to, to stress before we go to the next session. We must learn to look to our spirits for guidance. We must learn to look to our spirit for guidance. I see so many Christians and, and talk to some who they could, they could get up and, and, and basically tell you everything that I told you tonight. They know the truth up here. They know, like when I, I, I said tonight, when I finally got to that place where I said, you know, the Holy Spirit, where's he going to speak? Almost everybody out here, before I could get to it, said, in you. He's in you. That's where he's going to speak. In you. Because you've been taught. I've taught this for 35 years. And so a lot of people know it, but they still haven't learned to depend on it. I said, some people know it, but they still haven't learned to depend on it. Because we're still Tied to the movies. Some people are still looking for something out there because after all, it's God's gonna speak. Woo! Get that out of your out of your thinking and realize that the Spirit of God is in you and He is directing you. He is directing you. We miss it a lot of times, we miss his direction. A lot of times we fail to recognize uh, that direction simply because we're, we've not been trained to look to our inward man. We've been trained uh, in life to look everywhere else except our inward man. Amen. We must develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit by learning, by learning to recognize the inward witness and the inward voice. Know this, when, when most people, when most people finally, uh, when they finally get it, when Christians eventually get it, oh yeah, it's, it's that inward witness. When they finally get it, almost universally, people will think, wow, I have known that for so long. I've had that witness for so long, so many years. I can count so many times where I had that witness, but it didn't seem supernatural enough. It didn't seem heavenly enough. If I could have just heard some harp music. 
if, if, if I could have just had some candles burning and being in, been in the right mood, you know, and maybe the, have the candles flicker a little bit, you know. They're just looking for something more. I'm telling you, it's the simplest thing in your life and it's happening to you all the time. Pay attention. Pay attention to it. Amen. You learn to, to develop that, that, that awareness. You'll go through life as a wise man, not a wise guy, a wise man. Amen. Nothing ahead of, the, of, of, of things that come up. So you'll sidestep a lot of things in life just by following that inward witness and you'll just, you'll just walk completely around traps that the, that the devil had for you. You'll walk into situations that you won't even know uh, how in the world did this, how did this good fortune come to me? It's because you followed that inward witness. You were, you were at the right place at the right time because the spirit witnessed for you to go a certain way in life, to, to, uh, to follow a certain direction. Uh, of course, we know that the opposite is true. A lot of times we're at the wrong place at the wrong time. And usually when something happens and we're, you know, something bad happens to us, when it would have been altogether different if we had just not done one particular thing. If we just weren't there when it happened, you know, life would have been different. Most of us could say, you know, something told me not to go there. Something told me not to do that. Something told me, you understand what I'm saying? Listen, let's put that behind us. I said, put it behind you where you're going through life going, you know, something. That something was the Holy Ghost in your spirit and it was your spirit that told you not to do that. It's going to sound just like you. Amen. Keep a tender heart so that the things of the inner man will grow distinct. You know, you can, you can live your life in such a way that your spirit's always under condemnation. If you live, if you live an unholy life, if you live in disobedience, your spirit will always have, will always have a measure of grieve, grieving to it. You, you grieve the Holy Spirit that, and, you, and, and that, that condemnation on the inside blocks those signals to where the Lord's trying to talk to you but you've got condemnation in your life. Listen, get, over, get beyond that. Consecrate yourself to God's perfect will for your life and, and put the things of the flesh and of the world behind you so, to, so that your spirit is, is pure in his presence. Remember in 1 John it says, if your spirit condemns you, God is greater than your spirit. And I mean, and he knows everything. So there's more you're guilty of. So stay, stay clean and just let the spirit of God direct you in life. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's good advice. Praying in the spirit is a major aid in developing a sensitivity to the spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues is a major aid in developing this sensitivity to the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you, you, you train yourself to quieten your mind and, and 
You can't pray in the Spirit for any length of time. If you, get your mind, if, you get, if you pray in the Spirit long enough that you get your mind quiet or somewhat quietened down, you're, the, the, the uh, awareness of your inner man will grow because that's where, those, that's where the, the Holy Spirit is and that's where tongues, they flow out of the inward man. The Holy Spirit gives you utterance, but where does it come from? It comes from down in here. Well, the more you learn uh, and train yourself to... Uh, to be aware of that. The more you do that, the more you'll be aware of, of it when you're not praying in other tongues. Maintaining, to, the second thing I tell you is maintaining fellowship throughout your day in praise and prayer. You know, you can have an attitude of prayer all day long. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, now you, you, may be, you may be someone whose job requires you to be very focused mentally. You've got to be really focused on what you're doing. And, and you might have a job like that. But, you know, uh, everybody has, has a break mentally every now and then. You can, you know, you can, you can no matter what you're doing, even if you're, even if you're a surgeon, you know, and you're in a 16-hour surgeon, you take breaks. Isn't that right? I mean, you, you get your mind off of something. Well, when you're in those situations where you're not focused on one thing, have, a, have an attitude of prayer where you're just in communion, communion with the Lord all the time. Thanking Him, praising Him, just in fellowship with the Lord. Right while you're doing your work, when you're, when you're uh, dealing with people, uh, you know, just at, at, at every little opportunity during the day, where you have a moment to reflect. Just let your attention be on the Lord. If you'll do that, it'll be a lot easier to listen to the Holy Spirit. Rather than during those times, you just let your mind go off on crazy tangents. Amen. Just talk, and thinking about natural things all the time. We have a natural life, and, and, there are, and, and God's not opposed to us uh, enjoying natural life and making plans and, and thinking about things. He's not against all of that, but you can do that with, with still have an attitude towards God where you want God involved in everything. And your heart, there, there's, a, there's a, a, a sense where your heart is just sort of lifted up to the Lord all the time. You're just in fellowship with him. Well, glory to God. If you live that way, it'll be a whole lot easier to hear the witness of the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Now, now the third way he leads, and this is very common, so I don't, it isn't very common, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit himself will actually speak, and you'll hear him speak. Uh, it's, it's much more authoritative than the still small voice, it, and it doesn't sound like you. Uh, it sounds like God <laughs> when he speaks to you. Uh, but like I said, this doesn't happen very often. Uh, and, and it, it usually happens when uh, it's something real serious in your life. Uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're in a real, you're going a, a wrong direction and it's dangerous, sometimes the Holy Spirit himself will speak. When the Holy Spirit speaks like that, you don't have to call your friend and ask. You, do you think God, it just, like I said the other, it stops you in your tracks. And you know God's spoken to you. Well, but he, but he doesn't do that. Most people, I think, are waiting on that for every little decision in life. It's not going to happen. 
The number one, number one way he leads is by the inward witness. Amen? Glory to God. So let's look at some other things. Things that will affect how well you discern God's will for your life. Here's some things that will affect it. Number one, your consecration to God's will and plan for your life. Your consecration to his plan and his will for your life will greatly affect how discerning you are. Do you ever give any real thought or prayer to what God wants? Or are you just so busy in life, just doing your own thing? You know, just you've got these plans and this is what you want to do with your life and this is what you want to do with your business and this is what you want to do with your free time and this is, and you've got it all scheduled out. Uh, yeah, but where is God in all that? So where is God in all that? Go over to James. <clears throat> Let's go to the fourth chapter. James 4.13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that, that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Listen, verse 55, or verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now, you, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. You know, when you leave God out of your plans, he said that's arrogance and it's boasting. When you leave God out of your plans and you, you say, this is what I'm going to do with my life. This is, this is young people, when you're planning your, your life, your careers, your future. Uh, 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 married couples, when you're planning your life out and how many children you want to have and, and where you want to live and all that. Yeah, listen, when you leave God out of that, it's arrogance. He said it's evil. We ought to say, what does the Lord want? A consecrated heart is a huge aid in discerning His will. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.